Hello everyone and welcome to the Brunton Bugle, the number one place to get your Cali United fix in the podcast world. I'm Lee Rooney. And I'm Dan McLennan. In this episode, it's back-to-back draws for United at Brunton Park as they fail to pick up all three points against Crawley and Hartville. We look ahead to our weekend trip down to tabletop as Forest Green Rovers and we give you a lowdown on the United 40 or fans group announcement. I think you're practising these, aren't you? I am, I am, but I think I said United 40 or rather than yeah, United yeah, United yeah. 40 we'll let you off. I'll let you off, we'll yeah. Let you off. Yeah, quite quiet day, Dan, I think it's fair to say. Ah, steady away, yeah. <laughs> Nothing much happening, we'll, we'll touch on that in a little yeah. bit, then, of course, but... um. But yeah, uh, a bit of a bomb back down to earth. Last couple of games, doesn't it, I think? So some of the excitement has been uh, well after Bradford. Yeah, yes and no. There was a couple of mixed games, wasn't it? You know, I mean, Crawley was sort of a point rescued, whereas mm. Hartlepool had the feeling of two dropped sort of things. So pros and cons in both. Yeah, yes. but obviously late on in the Hartlepool game, we could easily have lost that game uh, with a couple of late chances that they had so you know we've got, got to look at the the positives there i guess i think it's oh yeah, yeah. yeah definitely well let's get on to it then dan uh first up news um one little bit of news this week that emerged after we recorded last week didn't it um it, obviously keith millen's been discussing the possibility of some of the youngsters at brunnen park making a loan move to get some game time in this transfer window and taylor charters became the first to do so last week he made the journey down the a69 to sign for national league Northside gated on an initial one month loan. Good move for him, this isn't it? I think it's fair to say. Yeah, uh, Gates said uh, top of the National League North at the moment. Uh, they're playing well. Uh, they've got quite a good attacking line up. Uh, Kedwin Scott's there. Yeah, Adam uh, Campbell. Uh, Macaulay Langstaff mm. and Paul Blackett, you know, they're all decent North East uh, non league players. And, you know, I mean, some people were like, oh, National League North. The top half of National League North is as good as the lower half of the National League. And, and you know what? Actually, going to a side that's that's playing well, playing positive football, yeah. and really exciting, yeah. getting good crowds as well. He's playing yeah. from decent crowds there. I, that I did, means I, a lot. I did see a couple of people say, "Oh, you know, I'd like to see him gone to a National League team." But when you look at the sort of the Northernish teams, he's not going to walk into the team at no. Wrexham or Notts no. County or Chesterfield. Yeah. So yeah, it, it makes sense. If, you know. A team that's playing well. Uh, by all accounts, he's played well in his first couple of games. Mm. And, you know. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you want him to go somewhere, but he's more likely, not necessarily guaranteed, but more likely to be playing each game, isn't he, really? That's, yeah. That's yeah. the key thing. You still want him to have to fight for his place, but it's, it's funny, I saw a Gated fan tweet and saying, oh, don't know why they signed him. He's not going to get in the start, uh, start 11 of our midfield. And thinking, mm, maybe he will, maybe he will. <laughs> but, um, yeah. but yeah, he started the first two games, did well. He started at... Hereford at the uh, the weekend um, helped them to a 2-0 a win against uh, the Bulls and then a 4-1 win at home to AFC Telford in midweek. Um, that leaves the Heed one point clear of Brackley at the top of National League North. And <laughs> the, the words Brackley and North don't really go it's, together. It's mad, it's mad, isn't it? It's not, not as bad as Gloucester, I think it's fair no, to say. No. But, um, but yeah, but I mean... AFC Fowler, obviously the big spin is that division. Everyone's expecting to fly up, and they're, they're I good think six, they're third at the moment. Yeah, they're six points clear of them, so yeah, it's, it's it's good things. And it's one of those ones I think if, if he does well enough, I, I think we should really be looking maybe extend his deal by a year and just give him the, the rest of the season there. Because if he can win yeah. a title there, imagine how confident he would come back in the summer into our squad. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the big rather than bringing him back just to sit on our bench. I mean, yeah, it's one yeah. of those ones he could have stayed with us. He could have got these odd five minute here and there, couldn't he? As a as a sub. And I, part of me would rather he was doing that than maybe Divine or someone, maybe someone a bit more positive. But at the same time, I think it's better for him and us long term that yeah. he goes there and, and plays his games. Added to that, we'd like to sort of see, you know, Dixon, Bell, possibly even the Fish, you know, depending on how the transfer window goes. Mm. It, it's better that they're playing games. And he's also mentioned uh, Simons and Breeze, the two young keepers, might possibly be getting moves lined up for them. So yeah, it's, it's all it, good. I think at least one of those has got to go on loan. Yeah, yeah. Really, to get a bit of game time. Um, 
Right. Well, uh, let's move on to the next point, Dan. And this is one that we, we've both been involved in, haven't we? So, uh, yeah, a little bit of a announcement today. I've not really scripted this one in the uh, in the running order because I think it's just good that me and you two just have a chat about it, really, because yeah, give people an overview. So, I'll let you take the lead on this because you've you, you've probably been. I said we've both been involved. But you've been very much involved in it, and getting everything organised in the last yeah. week. Yeah, Unit of Fortier is yeah. a collection of Carlisle fans who have come together following an initial appeal. Uh, there's 12 of us. And basically, we we just want to see our fan base have a better voice. You know, I mean, the grand plan, it, it's no grand plan. I, I, I'm starting to like this saying a lot. We're not reinventing the wheel. You know, yeah. it's not the, the silver bullet that'll explode and make everything perfect. All it is, is we have a supporters trust who own 25% of the holding company of Carlisle United. We have an average home crowd of 4,000. We have 400 members, that's 10%. In the last couple of AGMs, there's been approximately 50 voted. That's 1.25% of a home crowd, you know, which is ridiculously low. You know, 50 people out of 4,000 in a crowd, you know, voting on, on a group that have such a, major saying what happens you know so yeah the whole idea is join the trust more people more voices and as people join you know somebody will maybe say hey i've got skills i'll Mm. I'll give on to this you know and you know no disrespect to those on the trust board but most of them have been in place for a Several years, and that's, that's a good point, isn't it? it? It's very much stagnated a bit, hasn't it? And yeah, that, that's yeah. like I said, we're not having a go at them, but the, but the simple fact is, you've got the same people on each time, and people look and think the trust isn't doing enough, yeah. and they see the same face on every time. There's a feeling, well, what's the point? The whole point is, you get more people involved, you can potentially have more voices, yeah. and more people volunteering themselves for these roles. You know, this, it this, isn't, up. this isn't a hostile takeover on anything, no. you know, it's just it's a it's more a let's get members involved and then you the members can decide what you want and mm. if after we've tried all this and uh, it it falls flat nothing happens we can say well we've tried and we've got yeah, the we, go. we deserve you know yeah, exactly and but, you, like like you we said in the statement you look at exeter city they're not a bigger club than us and they get they got three thousand six hundred fans in their incredible. trust incredible think of the money you could make as a trust with that sort of membership yeah you get that sort of money i mean I'm trying to be kind here, but I mean, you look at the trust and they talk about having 10 grand in the bank and stuff like that. And you think, look at these other trusts and how much money they actually raise for their clubs each season. I think I'm pretty sure Grimsby have done similar down the years as well. And there's a few others that have, you know, they, they regularly raise money. I think Wrexham did before the Reynolds lot took over, didn't they? So it's, there needs to be a bit more than just that, really. We need, it needs just, it basically just needs a bit of invigoration, doesn't it? Yeah, like I said, yeah. getting fresh people involved, fresh voices, and like I said, kick up the backside basically. Hundred percent. That's exactly what we're looking at. Really, we're looking at just look freshen up. I think, I think the failed takeover basically has sort of made a lot of us wake up, hasn't it? And go, yeah. Well, I, I, would, I, I would say that failed takeover sort of it happened as we were just we had the initial meeting and then set up our working mm. group, and that sort of happened as we were getting to grips with it. And we could have went down the, the, the avenue of setting up an independent group and getting people, but that would have taken time, effort. You know, it would have taken a lot of a lot of time. And, you know, at the end of the day... They own 25% of the club, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, they, they, they should be doing more. There should be something a bit more yeah. vocal about it. And, you know, we've spoken to so many different supporters on this podcast over the last two years... And the ones that have been involved in trust of a club have all turned to us and sort of gone, what, you own 25% of the club? And, you know, nothing really seems to yeah, happen yeah. with it. And we're like, well, yeah. <laughs> it's it's almost embarrassing, isn't it? They've only got 400 members and that that's, I mean, goodness, they've only got a small amount more members than the London branch have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, that shouldn't be the case. They should be, they should be, you know, they should be crowing about the fact that there's a thousand members and, you know, they had the opportunity a few years ago with the season I was just going to mention that yeah. when the season ticket holders, it was about 1,500, got given mm. trust membership for a year. And yeah. in that year, there was zero happened. So yeah. come the following summer, 1,500 left. Yeah. And with, with the greatest of respect, a lot of the people at the top table now were in charge then, mm. which just comes back to your stagnation part. You know, it's... Yeah. 
you know, fresh air, fresh members, fresh ideas, you know. I mean, you, you look at some of the things in recent years, fundraising things for the club, for things to do with the club, blowing our own trumpets here, things like the flag things, things like the the transfer fund, which, you know, that actually arose from other people, didn't it? They're the ones who suggested it and started up. These things haven't come from the trust, and they're the ones who should be leading these things. They're yeah, the ones yeah. who should be pushing it, and that's what we want to we want to see. That there's a lot of decent people involved in the trust right now. There is, of course, there is, but there needs to be fre- a bit more fresh blood in there. There needs to be something that really says, right, this takeover dragged on for what two or three years, and I can understand the reasons why they had to keep quiet. You know, confidential. Oh yeah, don't like don't that. get don't get us yeah. wrong. There's certain legal issues, you know, but but they've got to understand how frustrating the club, the fans found that, and that that's why people get frustrated with them things things like potentially cutting your 25 percent to 10 percent without taking it to the fans that's that's dangerous territory mm. you know Definitely. but it, it is what it is uh, we've launched we're on we're on the usual we've got a facebook page we've got a twitter we have an email um big thank you to radio cumbria paul newton at radio cumbria mm. and john coleman yes. they have done pieces for us uh yep. The links are all on the uh, the unit of forty of Twitter. So and we've tweeted from them from the Brooklyn Bugle Twitter account as well. Yeah. So you can find them on there. We'll do similar on Facebook. As well. Have a look, follow, and get joined, and let's let's get a proper fan base with a proper voice. Hundred percent, hundred percent, and obviously you can sign up. Just go to the Kiosk website. It's kiosk.org.uk, and there's an option there to apply for membership. Get get yourself signed up, and and, and let you know at the next AGM. Let's have lots of people there talking about what what, what does the trust want to do going forward. Because for me, there doesn't seem to be any sort of plan in place. And that's why we need a wider number of fans to be involved and, and give their say. Because, you know, in our group of 12, there's people with different opinions as to what we, we should do. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's it's not all being he says, we follow. You know, yeah, it's, definitely. You know, but it's it's constructive discussion, you know. It's been constructive. We've all come to the point where we're like, you know what, Let, let's, let's do something. Let's actually be proactive here and show, show that, you know, we're looking to support things here and we're looking to get things going. So... So yeah, it's that, that, that's the way we're looking at it, and hopefully a lot of you will sign up. And um, like I said, we're also sort of not not in some sort of <laughs> list of these are the good guys sort of thing. It's a list of like these are the people who've, who've agreed to join, just to show that people are doing it and people are positive yeah, yeah. about the club. Yeah, I think that covers it, Dan, doesn't it? I think it's yeah, fair to say. yeah, yeah, pretty much ran it up pretty quickly there. So uh, right, let's get onto the match reviews then, Dan, because we've got two games to cover. Um, not a huge amount of detail to talk about from both <laughs> games, mind because. They weren't the. I mean, well, actually, I said that they weren't the most thrilling. Um, but the the, the um the, the second one actually, I think that the the Hartlepool game for a nil nil was quite an okay game actually. To be fair, um, but yeah, very much a reality check for United this week. Uh, following up the impressive win over Bradford by grinding out two consecutive draws against Crawley Town and Hartlepool United, um, keeps the unbeaten run going. That, that's you know that's that's the big positive. But yeah, definitely, yeah. I, I said after the two uh, to a couple of my mates, you know, at the end of the day, two games unbeaten, there's another clean sheet in there. And especially the Crawley game, we'd have lost that if it was in September or October. Oh, 100%, 100%. That, that was the big positive. We kept going and oh, we said this before, under Beach, we, we'd never look like scoring late on in games. Yeah. That was a real, one of the most infuriating things actually about I'll it, tell you this time as manager. You can't beat an injury time equaliser, can you? Oh, hundred percent. It was it was yeah. just a just that lovely moment, wasn't it? Really to 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 get it so late on as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, keeping the unbeaten run is very welcome indeed. But I think there was enough evidence in both games to show that there still needs to be a bit more recruitment in attack if the Blues really want to force their way up the table before the end of the campaign. Um, let Let's get on to the firstly talk about the the incidents in the the Crawley game, Dan. Um, first up, the goals. Um, Obviously, Crawley took the lead in 25 minutes through. Well, it was only going to be one player, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. But as I said, it's the first time he scored against us. I think he's missed a few games against us, hasn't he, with injuries and things like that in the recent times. But uh, but yeah, Ashley Nelson got the goal. Um, yeah, he probably won't have many either chances, though, will he? I think it's fair no. to say. It's one of those ones, isn't it? It's basically, with a ball back from Whelan back to Morgan Feeney on the edge of the box. And if you watch it, what he tries to do, he tries to sort of trap it with his studs, doesn't he? So he can almost roll it in front of himself and get a yeah. pass away quickly. It, it, it wasn't the best of passes from Whelan either, was no, it? I don't no, think. but at the same time, I, I thought that at the time, but watching it back, I think it wasn't quite as bad a pass as I remember yeah, it being. Yeah. So it's one of the ones with Feeney, I'll look back and probably say, ah, 
I should have done better there, really. And he knew, he knew that straight away. Didn't oh, he? yeah, yeah. Bomb was, he, he turned and he slipped, didn't he, as well, as he went to try yeah, and yeah. get to it. And Nadison nipped in and you'd back him any day of the week to score from there, wouldn't you? So, um, so yeah, we'll uh, talk about his penalty a little bit later on, though. Um, in fact, well, let's talk about it now, actually, because that was before the, the equaliser. Um, penalty to Crawley. Never you, it's one of those ones. Yeah, I know a lot of people said never a penalty, but my thought in real time was, it's just one of those ones. The defender turns to go and kick it, doesn't know that the attacker's coming in, just boots the attacker a little bit. Yeah. How much you touched him, I don't know, but it's it's a risky take if you turn it like that on the ball in the box, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, yeah. tough one. But there you go. Um, so yeah, Dan Nadison then stepped up to take the penalty, obviously to get his brace. I, I don't think I've seen many worse penalties. They've run apart for a long time, have you? Yeah, it was uh, it was sort of Richard Keogh into <laughs> orbit levels, wasn't it? It was atrocious. It was pretty dreadful, wasn't it? It was um, one of those ones where I think you'll look back and think, what was I doing there? Why didn't I just place it? I don't, I'm not sure what his technique was about. It was a strange one. He, he was very much leaning back, and there was only one place he was likely to go. So it was a, it was an odd one, and that was a bit of a get-out of Chelsea for United. And... Um, they kept going late on in the game. Um, and, you know, we've bemoaned the fact that United haven't made the most of set piece in the last couple of months. In fact, all season. But, I mean, it was as good a corner routine as you're likely to see, wasn't it? Excellent delivery to the near post from Dickinson. Alessandro loses his man, nips in and just powers ahead. And Morris had no chance with saving. No, keepers he? have no chance with that sort of movement and header, do they? You know, it was, it'll have been in the back of the net before he realised, you know. Yeah, it's, it's great to see Alessandro back on the score sheet as well. His first goal this season, you know, he's not had the not the best of times. I think it's fair to say this campaign. No, and it sort of backs up my mention. Uh, was it last week or the other week uh, mm. that you can sort of see a role for him coming off the bench? He's, he's mm. a good season pro to have late in a game. So absolutely, I think he's still still a player who's going to be useful for the rest yeah. of the season. I think it's fair to say. Um, so yeah, that was the, the the Crawley game. Pretty pretty happy with how that turned out. Um, let's talk about the Hartlepool game, Dan. Um, that's our fifth nil-nil in the league this season. We, we can't have had many seasons where we've, we've had more nil-nils than that, can we? A lad I know has been to four games this season and oh, all God. four of them have been nil-nil. Brilliant. <laughs> Unbelievable. Brilliant. Isn't it? Why, why would you bother? You're just like, I'm not going I to think, I think he said he's not going to go back this season. So we, don't, uh, don't, don't blame him, I think it's yeah. fair to say. Um Another clean sheet, though. That's a big positive. We're getting quite a few clean sheets this season, aren't we? I think that was that was Howard's ninth in all competitions since he signed for us, which is in itself that's quite an impressive. Given record, the league position and the form, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's only played 18 games in all competitions. So he's basically keeping a clean sheet every other game, I think, if sure I remember rightly. So. Much, it shows how much we've tightened up in recent weeks as well, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, and yeah, he's played a big part of that, which we will cover in a, in a short while. Um, yeah, but I mean, the big thing that stood out was just how toothless both sides were in attack. I mean, we talked about Carver, who they signed from Southport, um, and we were interested in for a brief while before deciding not to go any further with it. I mean, he didn't look up to much, <laughs> I think it's fair to say. Um, for us, neither of our strikers really ever looked like they were going to score. And yeah, just a, a frustrating night, really, in pretty dreadful conditions in the second half. Well, you were at the game, I presume, Dan. I wasn't there, obviously, because it was a midweek one, but it yeah, didn't look much fun. Uh, I thought we could maybe have taken one of the first half one-on-one type, hmm. you know, but, you know, Dickinson was incredibly unlucky with his free kick, is he? Oh, what He rattled that. You saw, well, you heard the noise when it hit the bar and then... Hmm bounced down with force you know and the thing is it bounced down and it actually hit the keeper didn't it but somehow bounced out yeah 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 <laughs> so Typical. so frustrating isn't it you know <laughs> it, all the things if, if we were in the top seven that would have went in mm, exactly it's just one of those ones isn't it just would have gone, gone in your favour um, yeah and other than that I think there was that chance for Patrick when he was through on one on one with the keeper but he yeah. fired it straight at him it's one of those ones where maybe, maybe he's a bit sharper he might have taken it a bit further wouldn't he I think yeah I think it was one of them like he didn't expect to be no no it was a mistake wasn't it, it was a mistake. and he was like oh I better fire a shot off you know whereas mm. he probably had that half a second to compose himself because that was the one wasn't it where basically Mellish punted it forward and the defender tried to head it back didn't he and what, what he was quite doing I don't know but Patrick nicks in and yeah just, just one of those ones isn't it and well, the other end, though, um, two late chances for Hartlepool. They could have nicked it, couldn't they? It's fair to say. Yeah, yeah. I mean that. That. I mean the the, the first one, especially. It's one of those ones. It comes to the lad at the far post, and he slides in, and and Howard, 
he just gets a foot on it and he manages to push it up onto the bar. When I first saw it, I thought, has that hit the bar and, and come back down and hit him? It was hard to tell on the telly, but, but yeah, great save from him. And then late on, at the very last kick of the game, pretty much, yeah, to yeah. get down low and save it is near post. And he, he did the same against Crawley, actually. We didn't actually mention that. Late on against Crawley, they had an attack after we'd equalised. Lab was through. And actually, I thought he'd taken a step to the left and exposed his, his near post. I thought, what's he doing? But actually, with hindsight, what he's doing, he was creating an opportunity for him to be able to save it in a weird way, taking that step rather than potentially yeah. getting done nearby his feet. So, you know, he he's as big a part of those two points as anything, really, in the last couple of games, wasn't he? So um wasn't hard to see why both teams are near bottom of sort of low mid-table, is it, really, down there? Two sides that don't look like they're going to go down, but probably not going to be challenging near the top at the end of the season. Let's fair. Let's fair plenty of time yet. <laughs> don't get don't get too excited. Come on. But now, I mean, to be fair, I mean, looking at over the two games, I thought Crawley were a much more impressive side than Bradford. I thought they caused us a lot of problems, actually. And their front three in particular, really lively. Nadison, Nichols, and um, I can't remember the other lad was now. But um, the number 20, all three of them really caused us a few issues yeah. in defence. Um, Hartlepool, less so impressive in attack, but, you know, the... the Back line was, was quite impressive. They they look really solid, and you know they, Gary Little. Gary, well. Gary Little had a great game for the other lad at the back. I can't remember his name was now. He won pretty much everything. To be fair, up against Omatoy and Patrick, he was he was really good. Um, pass it about quite nicely, but took a lot of risks. Kind of a feeling of could we have done a bit more to put a bit more pressure yeah. on the back line? I mean, well, like like I said at the start, you know that the Crawley one was definitely a point saved. Hmm. The Hartlepool one was too dropped and it kind of cancels each other out, don't they, you know? Yeah, it's, it's it's frustrating, but, you know, it's just just the way it is sometimes, I think it's fair to say. Um, let's talk about some of the sort of key points from the games, Dan. Um, yeah, people are probably going to think this is a bit harsh, but I've, I've got to say, wasn't overly impressive on Matoya over the two games and his performance, I felt was a little bit lacking and a lot of people got very excited about his debut and I think we sort of well I certainly said on the last episode people probably need to be a bit calmer about that because he you know he had a decent second half I don't think he was man of the match that was one of those sort of give the lad a bit of a boost on his debut decisions and in these two games you, you kind of see why Orient didn't stick with him and let him end his loan early with them I think it's fair to say Is that am I being harsh maybe maybe slightly a little harsh he's still settling in you know for he- Three quick games, but uh, yeah, it was, <laughs> Tuesday especially wasn't the best. Uh, mm. But you know, you've got to remember he hasn't played that much football, no, so true. he'll be getting up to speed himself. Yeah. And my, my concern is that he hasn't actually made a keeper make a save in those three games. Remember, I was trying to recall it, and maybe he hasn't. Maybe I've just missed it at some point. But my, for my memory, I don't think he's had a shot where the keeper had to save it yet. So. That's a little bit concerning, but mm. you know, like you said, it'll, it'll take a bit of time to settle in. I, personally, I know we'll get onto the preview of the Forest Green game in the second half, but I'm not sure I'd start him at the weekend. I think I'd maybe change things up a little bit more. I, I would have liked to have seen. Yeah, he only used two subs against um, Hartlepool, didn't he? I think. Don't set me off again. Yeah, it's something we can, we can talk about, Dan, if you want. Um, I would have liked to see Riley come on. I would like to see mm. him come on for, for maybe for Amatoya. I think there was quite a few oh. people thought the same, wasn't there? And stick Mellish up front. Because tell you what, he'll run all day and he'll harry back lines. And there's one thing we need to do is harry that Hartlepool back line because they were passing it about all the time. And they looked, you know, they're taking a lot of risks. But with someone like Mellish doing that, suddenly they have to start panicking and they would have to start launching it long. And that's when we could have got on top in the game, potentially. But I mean, go, go on, Dan. You, you talk about the subs because I know it frustrates you. Ah. Uh... I've, I've mentioned it previously. I just think you know there's probably a reason behind it, especially when. But when well, when we're winning, you know, and you've got subs left to make, make them and waste thirty seconds. That's basic football yeah. tactics, really. But no, just you know, maybe it's just maybe he doesn't trust those who are on the bench. We don't know. You know, it's. Mm. I think the next couple of weeks, in terms of, will anyone anyone else come in? You know, there's. I've got Sky Sports News on here. There's eleven days and eleven and a half days left, so I would certainly expect to see something next week, possibly. Yeah, I mean, I do wonder how much clubs are being reticent to let players go out, especially some of their better players, 
because of all the issues with games being called off due to COVID and wanting to have full squads and yeah, not wanting yeah. to let players go. There's where you've got a bit of a challenge on your hands, isn't it? Maybe I suppose so. You know, we we you know we we've signed a couple you know a couple of players um, who really are going to make a difference in obviously senior and Patrick, and we hope that Omotoya can step up and improve his game a bit. So we've got some there, but I think we could do with a couple more at the very least before the end of the window. I think it's fair to say. Um, yeah, so it's one of those ones I think I'd like to see maybe freshened up in attack at the weekend. Um, Mark Howard, once again, the hero for this game against Hartlepool, and he's, he's made such a huge difference. We've already touched on it, but I mean, getting him signed for the rest of the season, huge, huge that for us, that wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. The I mean, it, it, it's clear he's the number one. Uh, Norman's a backup, and wherefore art thou Lucas Jensen? <laughs> it's just, just bizarre, isn't it? You know, it's bizarre. Just, just say he's gone back. That's there's no pictures of him on training. I mean, he could still be injured. He might still be injured. Fact, but... but hand injuries do tend to be, take a bit of a while to yeah, get hands and stuff. So. It's been a while now. It has, it has. Um, a couple of other points here, Dan. I mean, Joel Senior, pretty bright performance for his his debut against um, Hartlepool, yeah? Coming on yeah, for uh, Kelvin Miller. Obviously, Miller has uh, upped his game when Senior signed, mm. as we saw, but... Took a knock and had to come off after about half an hour, was it? Yeah, something like that, I think it was, yeah. Uh, so, Senior got a good hour. Uh, he got up and down quite well, I thought, you know, and he's only going to improve once he gets used to his teammates and what we do. There was a couple of times where he, he, I thought he's getting these bad habits that some players do with us. Of, you know, we know how all his positives are of him getting forward and attacking and going at fullbacks, and he, he turned back a few times and I was like, oh, don't start doing this, please don't. But then, to be fair, after that, he actually started getting it forward again and thought, yeah, yeah, that's what we want to see. We want to see him pushing into the opposition half. I don't want to see him passing it back all the time. I know we like to play out from the back now. We'd like to keep the ball a bit, which is perfectly fine. You know, I'd have no issue with that. But if we've got a fullback who can really have a go, Armour's not that kind of fullback really. He's very good on the ball, but he's not really a bomb forward, beat two men sort of player, is It'd he? It'd be really? interesting to see if in training this week, uh, Senior and Gibson do a bit of link-up practice. Mm. That would be good because to see, wouldn't Gibson it? Gibson usually starts on the right. And... Yeah, to be fair, Gibson's had a couple of quiet games, to be fair. Last two matches, he's not really been as involved as we'd, we'd hope. Preparing himself for Saturday. Hope, I hope so, I hope so. Because actually, I think Dickinson's probably been our biggest threat in the last couple of games. And, you know, he wasn't... He had a tough first half against Crawley a bit, but actually, I thought the second half, he was much better. And, and he still looked our biggest threat <laughs> at times. And he... There's a few times on Matoya wasn't making runs from his always really frustrating me because, you know, he's got the pace on Matoya. And he should be peeling off a defender and, and creating a bit of space, but he didn't. So, um, so there you go. And just one more thing, Dan, we've got to talk about before we go into the second half. The free kick Dickinson took. How wasn't that a penalty? Yeah, you 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 did a screen grab and sent mm. it to me, and it looked inside. It's a good yard inside. It's not even close. It wasn't yeah. even on the line. He, his arms literally about a yard inside the box, yeah. and it's touching the ball and. You think, how's the ref missed that? It's one of those ones where it's happened so quickly, I think. The ref yeah, just yeah. can't tell. And he's like, look, I can't get... If I give yeah. a penalty here, I'm going to look stupid if it's outside yeah. the box. I've if just if I be... give a free kick just on the edge of the box, it's, uh... it's still a chance, isn't it? And yeah. Dickinson nearly dispatched it into the top corner, but there you go. So yeah, two points. A little bit disappointing maybe not to get four, but hey-ho, you move you, on. You'd have took four points away. before, but uh, two with no defeats and a clean sheet chucked in. Given the, where we are in the league, it's not the worst. Is from it? The, to be fair, from the three home games in a row we just had, if you'd been offered five points before and you'd have said, "Yeah, that'll do," yeah. thank you very much. That you know, you taken on average pretty much near enough two points a game. Great, fantastic. Let's move on. Right, well, let's take a little quick break down, and then we'll be back to do the preview of the Forest Green game. We're back for the preview of the Forest Green Rovers game. Just remember, everyone, you can subscribe to the podcast via all good podcast apps, whether it's Spotify, Acast, Google Podcasts, uh, Apple Podcasts. Just you know, click subscribe, and every time a new episode comes out, it comes straight into your inbox. And as well, if you can give us a review, you can now give reviews on Spotify, actually. I know a lot of our listeners do listen on Spotify. So you can go on there and give us a five-star review. That'd be fantastic, because it pushes up all the charts and things like that and means born people can find out about the show, which is exactly what we want to do. Um, and you can follow us on social media, at Brunton Bugle, 
on uh, Twitter, on Facebook. Just search for Bunty Bugle and click like. And uh, we're on the message board, thecumbrians.net. And we're also on uh, the Be Just and Fear Not Facebook group. And if you want to go old-fashioned style, as uh, my mate Simon very much enjoyed me describing it as this, you can drop us an email to bruntonbugle at gmail.com. Come. You'll be asking for letters next. Uh, yeah, <laughs> carry a pigeon address, you know, yeah. give, give that out as well. Um, yeah, as, as ever, the uh, this season, the second half of the show has been sponsored by the Car United Supporters Club London Branch. The London Branch is open to all Car United fans. They've got members from Cornwall to Dundee and Houston to Singapore, and of course, every part of London and the South East. They regularly meet up on away trips, as well as arranging many social events and sports games and doing fundraising for the club. They'll be providing us with information for the away games as part of the preview section this season too. You can find out more about London Branch at their website, carlalondonbranch.org. And I've got the pub for this weekend's game, Dan. It's uh, for the Forest Green Rovers game. It's the Village Inn, which is on Bath Road in Nailsworth. And the postcode is gl 6 h so there you go. That's that's the pub to go to, apparently. Right down that bloody hill by looking at the I don't think there's on. many pubs, is there? I mean, it's about two or three. Is it your first trip this week? As My well? first trip, yeah. yeah so we're quite we're both to going, aren't we? So. Yeah, so it should be exciting, that. It should yeah. be exciting indeed. Um, well, after a couple of weeks off, we're back with the Behind Enemy Lines opposition view. Um, this is one of our favourites because... We talked to our friends from across the pond. Yes, the self-confessed pair of dumb Americans who knew nothing about soccer. It's the Heaven's Devils podcast, the Forest Green Rovers USA podcast. Um, if you haven't listened to their show before, go and give it a listen. It's absolutely mental, but it's a bit different from your average slower league podcast. And, you know, they they say they're dumb American. They they do themselves a discredit there because they are probably as knowledgeable as any lower league fan I've ever met, to be honest. So um, Nathan and Shyam, uh, I spoke to them earlier this week, uh, basically talked about all kinds of things um, all to do with Forest Green Rovers, what it's like following them from afar, that kind of thing. I also did a bit on their podcast. They have a thing called the Fashion Police Selection section, where they basically review the, uh, the kits of opposition teams throughout the division <laughs> and give them ratings out of 10. They weren't impressed with our home kit and... I might be controversial amongst our supporters, and I agreed with them. In fact, I gave it a lower rating than they did. That's how much I dislike our current home kit. I'm right? not a massive fan either. So. I think I think it's time we stop doing this as our home kit because yeah. every time we do it, we're absolute crap, aren't we? So there you go. So anyway, uh, I had a chat with them earlier this week, and here's the chat uh, that I had. Okay, so we're joined once again for the second time this season. Maybe this, the last time for a while, though, by the guys from across the pond who cover Forest Green Rovers. For their podcast, the Heavens Devils podcast. Guys, I mean, last time we spoke, you were flying high, top of the league, free scoring. What's gone wrong? <laughs> Clearly nothing, <laughs> but uh, I mean, surely it's only a matter of time before you go up now. It's not a case of, you know, if, more a case of when. Oh, it's hard. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you're always worried. Like things yeah. can always go wrong. And especially, you know, for long time four screen rovers fans will know that there's always been like a, a an epic collapse in mm-hmm. the second half of the season. Yeah, around uh, winter time, right? January, February is like Yeah. The anxiety level is always high. Exactly. But I, I do think this year will be different. I, I agree with you. I think we will go up. I think we will win the league actually. Um, because it, it also, again, knock on wood, but January is halfway through. We haven't lost anybody and it seems like we might all not lose anyone at all. And that's always like the big fear. We, we were very worried about losing Kane Wilson and Nikki Cadden, our two wingbacks who have been phenomenal. Two of our best players this season. Yeah, or possibly um, even Rob Edwards, the manager, maybe getting mm, poached. Yeah. Yeah. Rob Edwards getting, getting taken from us. Uh, so we're worried about that, but uh, it seems like they're going to stay uh, and finish out the season. Uh, there are rumors about Ibu Adams potentially uh, on a, I don't know, he's been linked to a few championship clubs, but who knows? And you know, you know better than anyone, Lee, about those stupid, like, uh, rumor, rumor Twitter yes. accounts. Um, so who knows? But right now it seems like, and according to Dale Vince, uh, no one has really made a serious offer for any of our, of our players. Um, and so hopefully that continues. And uh, we can keep keep it, this team intact and keep rolling. Well, let, let's talk about a couple of those players then. I mean, the, the two obvious ones to start with, and we'll talk about Eve Adams in a sec, but Jamil Matt and Matt Stevens, Ooh. 29 goals in the league between them. I think we've only scored a couple more than that in our full squad. Incredible what they're doing. I mean, obviously, Stevens was the one scoring freely, I think, last time we, we spoke, but then mm-hmm. Jamil Matt's picked up his form again, hasn't he? I mean, 
how big are they? I mean, having two, not just one striker who's going goal there, but two strikers in such phenomenal form. Yeah, yeah, the Mad Attack, man. The Mad Attack. They are on fire. I think they have 29, yeah, like you said, 29 goals between them, 15 for Jamma, uh, 14 for the People's Champ, Matty Stevens. Oh, my goodness. They are, and, and look, as dumb Americans, we love scoring. You know, we hate draws. We hate zero nil nils. Oh, get that out of here. We love scoring. So this season has been a dream for us because it's like every game, you know, either Jamma or Matty, someone from the Mad Attack is going to score. It's like you can set your watch to it. Uh, they have just been so much fun to watch. So dependable, so reliable. Uh, Jamma is, you know, he's 34, 33. He's just mm. get, gets better with age. It's just unbelievable. Sean, what were you going to say? Yeah, and I mean, they've received such great service from Nikki Cadden and Kane Wilson yeah, on the, on the flank. Part of it. So, uh, you know, we're just happy that the whole team is kind of firing. And, you know, the two Matts, Maddie Stevens, Jamil Matt, have been able to take advantage. And, I mean, and and actually, I just want to comment really quick. Not only Kane Wilson, Nikki Cadden delivering assists, Jamma's also delivering assists. He's got mm. seven assists as well. Uh, so he's just been the complete all-around player for us. Um, I, you know, it's hard to pick a player of the season. So, but Jamma might be it. I mean, it's it's unbelievable what he's what he's doing at this age. You mentioned Nicky Cadden there. Our fans always bang on about the fact that you know he's he was in Scotland, wasn't he? I think you guys signed him from mm-hmm. Scotland, mm-hmm. and we're, we always look and go, "Why aren't we signing more players from Scotland? We're practically in Scotland, as you guys have said <laughs> yeah. before." We, we, we always seem to get the duff ones for some reason. But um, but I mean, you mentioned before, when we had a chat for your pod, Boo Adams outplaying in the African Cup of Nations. How's he getting on? I mean, right. he's always been a very good player when he's played against us, but it must be. Quite incredible to be able to watch him play international football as well at the same time. Yeah, he's playing for the Gambia out there. And so far, they won their first match against it was against Mauritania, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. they drew with Mali, which uh, has Premier League players on uh, on the national squad. Yeah. So he's, yeah. I think he's having the time of his life. <laughs> oh, yeah. We, we just talked, actually. There's a, there's a famous FGR fan, famous in the FGR community, who's actually Gambian. And oh, wow. he's there right now watching Ibu. He, he wears his FGR Amazing. match or FGR kit to every match. And so we actually have him on our pod, our most recent pod. And yeah, he's telling us like, it's amazing. Everyone's praising Ibu. Uh, you know, everyone from the Gambia side, everyone's like, who does he play for? And then he tells them for a screen. And they're like, what? Who's for a screen? <laughs> like- little tiny little league two team. Uh, so yeah, he's, he's really making a name for himself out there. Um, people are really seeing his, his talent, his work ethic. Uh, it's all shining through. Yeah, it's funny, like Forest Green, actually, when you think about it, it sounds like one of those random African teams you hear about, like Hearts of Oak. And- yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> it sounds like a lower league British team, doesn't it? It's a strange one. Um, you mentioned there before as well, your manager, Rob Edwards, first season really as a, a manager at EFL level at the very least. What a job he's doing. He just seems to be, he seamlessly slipped into the role, hasn't he really? I mean, you, you lost Cooper towards in last season and you had uh, was it Jimmy Ball in charge for, for a mm-hmm. while, yeah. for the playoffs at least. And he seems just to have picked it up and taken it to the next level. Oh, he's been ridiculous. Uh, uh, no, I mean, it's unbelievable. When we first uh, signed him, we were all, most, a lot of fans were like a little upset because we thought Jimmy Ball deserved it because Jimmy mm-hmm. Ball did such a great job picking the team up, re-engaging the fans after the Cooper era. Um, but at the same time, we know Richard Hughes, our director of football. We know Dale Vince. We know they make excellent, excellent. And Henry Stalin's the CEO. We know they make excellent football decisions. Um, so when they said Rob Edwards, we were all like, who? But whatever, we trust it because we trust these guys. They've been so, so good at their jobs. And they delivered uh, you know, beyond any of our wildest expectations. He's been phenomenal. We actually have a player on this, our most recent pod, Josh March. And we, you know, we talked to him about Rob, asked him about Rob. And he's just like, yeah, Rob just makes everyone believe in themselves. And you know, he gets the most out of players because they believe in them themselves, because they're not afraid to make mistakes, because they know Rob is understanding of that. Um, so yeah, he's just changed the dynamic on the pitch and off the pitch because you know, Cooper's known to be kind of a, a colder, you know, type personality. Uh, and Rob is the exact opposite. He's embraced the fans. Uh, the fans love him, the players love him, we love him. I mean. It's, yeah. He's been unbelievable. We should also take a moment to acknowledge Richie Kyle as well. He's, he goes a yeah. little bit unsung, but he has kind of done wonders with organizing us at the back and players that have come back like Jordan Moore, Taylor, Dom Bernard. Um, they've really stepped it up. And uh, even Dokes, uh, Udoka Godwin-Malief in the most recent match, um, 
they've kind of made uh, game saving plays and goal saving plays. So uh, it's both this tandem, I think of Rob Evers and Richie Kyle, who've just revamped the approach that the squad takes. And, uh, you know, we're just happy to be there to witness the success so far. It's funny. You mentioned uh, Mark Cooper there, because he's obviously manager of Barrow now and we share radio, mm-hmm. radio Cumbria covers both Carl and Barrow. So we hear his post-match interview sometimes. He's a grumpy sort, I think it's fair to say. He's not, he's not the happiest man at the best of times, really. So yeah. Barrow's struggling a bit this season. Yeah. FGR yeah. Nation would agree with you. Yeah, just <laughs> keep it, keep your Christmas safe because he might come yeah. to steal it. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll come to the end now, but I'll just quickly. Um, how are you guys finding it as well, following it from afar as well? I've obviously seen you've had your little uh, meetups in bars in New York with uh, some fans you've converted to follow the club as well. Seems to be going well. And have you got your trip finalised? Because last time we talked, I think you were looking at it for some time towards the end of the season. But obviously, Omicron and all that sort of nonsense, and you know, the causing issues with travelling everywhere, isn't it? So, yeah. How, how are things going in that sense? Well, yeah, it's been, I mean, we've, we've been getting together when we can uh, every Saturday, but yeah, with the, with the emergence of this new variant, we've been uh, watching on our own, but I think next week, maybe the week after that, we're, we're going to start getting together again, uh, try to do another bar. Um, so we've been watching, we've been all watching together. We have a big little, a uh, big little, whatever, FGR <laughs> NYC, like chat group too. So we all watch the games together. We all text each other, but we can't be together. And then when we can, it's just so much fun. We all get together and watch the games and we are coming. Lee, I wish it was for a Carlisle game, uh, but we will be there April uh, 18th for Oldham at home. And then we are going to go Bristol, Bristol Rovers. Rovers away on Saturday, yeah. uh, whatever the, that Saturday is. But 23rd, in April, think, yeah. mid-April. Um, so cannot wait. Uh, our first trip to the new lawn, our first trip to a League Two game, an away day at Bristol Rovers is going to be awesome. Cannot wait. I mean, that'll be good. Well, that's pretty much a derby game, that as well, isn't it? I mean, I, I'm thinking off the top of my head. I think yeah. 23rd of April, we're away at Harrogate that day. I think I'm going to see us play Harrogate. I'm going to a gig in Manchester in the evening that weekend. So sadly, wow. wouldn't be able to get down to come and see you guys. But yeah, it would have been nice if we could have done. But I mean, I, it's fantastic, isn't it? I mean, you look at it now, you obviously guys are a League Two club and you look like you're going to be a League One team next season. And you think of all the grounds you've been going to this season, some of the grounds you could be going to, potentially Sunderland. Wigan, mm. Ipswich, wow, yeah. Derby County could be down at the level as well. It's, it's pretty exciting, isn't it? For, for little little Forest Green, in the, in the most unpatronising way I mean that possible. <laughs> club that small to be then playing at that level, like 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 the likes of Accrington have been up at that level. It must be really exciting to think about next season. Oh, it's, yeah, it's absolutely so exciting, but you don't want you don't want to get ahead of yourself, you know. Yeah, I know. And you were going to say that as soon as I yeah. <laughs> But that said, like you know, I love. I think as for, you know, Forest Green fans kind of take pride in getting getting made fun of for being tiny and tin pot and da da da. So I cannot wait for us to take you know two hundred and seventy nine people away to Sunderland and hear all the banter yeah. from the Sunderland people. We love that. We like it's yeah. it's like you know we know who we are. We know that we're it's a tiny club. Uh, but we we wear that as a badge of honor. It's a it's a source of pride that you know those tiny little club village club punching above their weight. Um, yeah. And so, oh, that would be unbelievable. Yeah, we we need to get like a fan mascot or somebody out there in like a grape or silver bodysuit with a few pots and pans on Timmy the Tin Pot or something. Yes, we need to be to lean into it. I think. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll quickly wrap it up then, guys. I know you've got other people to speak to today. Um, prediction for this for this game. What are you going for? What's the algorithm saying? <laughs> hmm, the old <laughs> algorithm. It's never Hit failed. Hit it with a shimmy. What do you got? Um, you know, again, like you guys have had much better form. So it's great to see that you guys are on the upswing a little bit after a rough start to the season. You said we're both up there on the form tables. So I, I still think we're going to edge it. Um, but I do think you guys will get a goal. But I, I'm going to call it 3-1 to four screen overs. I got to go 2 nil. We're going to have Don Bernard is going to get a goal. His first goal ever as a four screen rover. Uh, if you guys are betting, bet responsibly, but responsibly bet on that guaranteed happening. Don <laughs> Bernard gets a goal and our most recent podcast guest, Josh March is going to get a goal just because he's going to get the heavens devils bounce. So two nil Don Bernard, Josh March, take it to the bank. Yeah. All our listeners are going to hear my prediction later on in the thing. So it'll be interesting okay. to see what I say. We interesting to see what Dan says about it. Dan, Dan's very much an op- Dan at one point this season predicted 5 0 with our goalkeeper scoring free. <laughs> yes, love it. No. Love it. We love those Dan predictions. Dan is my kind of guy. That's my <laughs> yes. kind of prediction. Let's <laughs> he go. Care sometimes, but there you go. Guys, always good to catch up with you. Um, good luck for the rest of the season after this weekend, of course. Um, hope you guys do get up to League One, and we'll see you in the Cup next year, probably. 
Yeah, Lee. Forward to it, man. Lee. It's been yeah, it's it's been so fun getting to know you like the last uh the last year, two years, year and a half, whatever. Yeah. I think we've had you on and you had whatever. We've been in contact every single game. So this is our fourth meeting, I think. Yeah. I'm bummed. Like that's the only bad thing, you know, about going up if we do go up, knock on wood. Well, listen, listen, year... we'll, we'll, we'll do this. We'll go up. We'll we'll top League One for like three weeks and then <laughs> we'll come back come down to League Two and you can have us back on. So we share this <laughs> Carlisle experience. No, we don't want that negativity. No, Carlisle's coming up to League One next. There season. you go. OK, there you go. And then we'll Carlisle's meet coming. again. And we'll then meet. we'll meet again. Yeah. Yes. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Cheers, Lee. Thanks, Lee. <laughs> There you go. That's the chat that I had with the guys from the Heaven's Devils podcast earlier this week. Um, really good to catch up with them. It's a shame we probably won't talk to them next season. <laughs> like, like I said to them, hey, maybe we'll draw them in the cups. Maybe we'll get a nice yeah. little, uh, game against them then. And I really hope they enjoy their trip over to the UK later this season to watch Forest Green. I mean, they, they could be celebrating promotion around about the time they're coming. So fantastic to see end of uh, end of April. Um, let's talk about the game then, Dan. Uh, referee this weekend uh, is Craig Hicks from Surrey. Uh, it's his fifth season as an EFL referee. Funny enough, he, normally when I look these up, I go back and look through the list of times on the referee. They usually, they do two seasons in the National League and then they come up to be a referee at Football League level. He did about four or five, so it took him a little bit longer to get into the Football League, which is interesting. Um, he's taken charge of 21 games so far this season, heading out 59 yellow cards and five red cards. That's so, quite a high percentage of reds, isn't it? It is, it is actually, to be fair. Three, um, three, three yellows a game is about average, but yeah, five. Yeah. Mm. Quite a few of those have come recently as well. I was looking a lot mm. before the reds. He last took charge of a United game in December 2019, the 3-0 defeat at Colchester United, which was one of Chris Beach's first games in charge, I seem to remember. I think was that the, uh, that the only appearance that Charlie Birch made as well for us, I think. I think he came on as a late sub in that game, possibly. From from memory, I'm, I'm trying to recall here, but that seems about right. Um, head-to-head record, it's pretty balanced in the 13 times we've played them. Five wins, three draws and five defeats. Um, in terms of last season, I mean, they... They looked like they were flying at the start, didn't they, Forest Green? It looked like they were going to you know, get a top three punish, no problem. And then as it all seems to happen under Mark Cooper, it all started to go wrong. And uh, they dropped down the table a bit. They binned off Cooper, brought in Jimmy Ball as manager until the end of the season. And they managed to finish six, but they were beaten in the playoff semi-final by Newport County. I mean, that... I can't remember if you watched that game, Dan, but that was an epic match, that wasn't it? That game they played. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. I think remember, it was awful conditions as well, the weather, from what I recall. And mm. Kevin Ellison scored an absolute worldie in it. Um, so, yeah, there you go. Uh, this season, though, I mean, they are flying. First position, and they've got 52 points from there. I think it's 24 games so far. So, I mean, they're I averaging saw more than two a points stat about a week ago. And mm. of teams at sort of like the halfway point, mm. they were several points better off than any other team in recent years. I mean, for me, they're just nailed on for the title. The only team that I can see challenging is Tranmere now. They've got a couple of you know, striker in maybe, but even then, I think Forest Green's, that gap they've built is enough. some senior balls up for them to not go up. Oh, they'll definitely be top three, but I, I, yeah. I struggle to see anyone else for top, to be honest, the way yeah. they're playing right now. They've been fantastic this season. So they're, they're 18 positions ahead of United and 25 points. That's astonishing, isn't it? Nearly, nearly yeah. twice as many points, which says a lot. Um, if, if they win this weekend, they will be more than twice as many points. Um, their manager is Rob Edwards. He was appointed uh, in May, just after the end of last season. Um don't know how long his contract is. They never said action. I tried to Not the out. Rob Edwards, the other Rob Edwards. He's one yeah. of yours who is like three or four, t- two or three Rob Edwards. Yeah, isn't there it? is, yeah. Um, so this Rob Edwards is the one who started out Aston Villa and ended up playing quite a few games with Wolves and Blackpool, I think. Did he get promoted to the Premier League with Blackpool, I think? I seem to remember. Or the Holloway, possibly. Um, yeah. yeah. But uh, in terms of coaching, I think he retired quite early. He, he was interim manager at Wolves and also under-23 coach there. He also had a spell managing AFC Telford. And before he came to Forest Green, he was actually a coach for the England age groups. I think under-16, under-20s. I think he did both of those. Um I mean, he's undoubtedly the standout coach you'll, in the division. He'll have contact through doing that sort of coaching as well. Exactly, you know, exactly. A lot of clubs, don't you? Yeah, but the thing is, not really made many signings in the summer for his screen. It's generally the squad that was already there, and he's just. I don't think they needed to really know, did they? He's just got the extra little bit out of them, hasn't he? Mm. I think that that's a real sign of a good coach. And I'll be honest, if they go up this season, it'll be an incredible achievement. And I can see bigger clubs sniffing around him, can't you? You would expect, you know. Uh, further down the line you sort of 
your Bristols and Cardiffs and Swansea's will always yeah. keep an eye out on managers doing well in the, the vicinity. Yeah, definitely. Uh, last time I, I've put down, actually, last time it was the 1 1 draw in Northampton. They actually tried to play their game in midweek, but if you've seen the footage of it, how on earth they even tried to kick that game off, I don't know. Yeah. I think it, it, it lasted about three minutes because it was basically thick fog. And even the Forest Green Rovers Twitter thing was saying, someone's had a shot for us, but we don't know who. Yeah, Keepers yeah. saved it. And at that point, you're I've, like, I've, I think point? it was one of them where, you know, the, the other team are there, the fogs descended. We'll try, but if we can't, we'll have to. Yeah, we'll have to call it. You know. Yeah, and obviously got uh, abandoned. But they they actually played last weekend. It was a one-one draw at Northampton. Um, have you seen the goal that they scored in this game, Dad? Yes, because I have several Northampton Town fan friends, <laughs> and one or two were very vocal about the goal. It was not a goal. And no. to be fair, even the guys from the Heavens Devils podcast, they joked about it. They put a, a very funny Photoshop where they, they'd drawn the net out a bit further than it actually was <laughs> yeah. to suggest it was. I mean, it was never a goal in a million years. No, no. Footage from the other side. It got away with one there, didn't it? Yeah, and uh, Northampton got a 90th minute equaliser. I think that was a little bit of justice at the very least in that game. Um, but yeah, I mean, Northampton are flying anyway, so that's a good result for them to get a draw there. Yeah. In terms of the form table, they're just one place above United in the form table. Third of the last six games where their record is one drawn, one drawn, one drawn, which if if you're a fan of sequences, doesn't bode well for us on Saturday. <laughs> I think it's fair to say. I mean, let's have a quick We're look. the ultimate sequence breaking team though. It'll be a draw then. Um, (laughs) I'd take a draw. Nil-nil. I would take a nil-nil right now. Six-nil-nil of the season. No problem. Um, So a quick look through the squad, Dan. I mean, it it just, it's not a big squad, is it actually? When you look through it, not huge, but there's there's quality in all positions, isn't there? Yeah. That's what stands out. I mean, at the weekend I was looking, Bailey Cargill was on the bench for them and he's been an excellent player for them. So for him to be on the bench tells um, me that. I've always been a big fan of uh, Nicky Cadden. Yeah, definitely. Nicky and Kane Wilson on the other flank as well. Yeah, they were both yeah. excellent in that game at the start of the season. You know, um, up, up front, Matt and Stevens are two standout names. I mean, away. I'm fairly sure they've scored more goals between them than we've done all season. That wouldn't which, be hard this season. Which, which is it's quite telling, isn't it? Really, they're they're, yeah. they're not quite. They're, they're second and third in the League Two scorers table. Dominic Telford at um, Newport is top at the moment, but but those two are the ones to, to watch basically at the end. Problem is, if one of them's not having a great game, the other one is. And, and and as the guys from the Heavens Devil said, Matt's all round game as well. He's so good. He's such a big, yeah, strong yeah. attacker. And you know, it, it, it's it's only the fact that he's in his thirties now that there isn't bigger clubs sniffing around him. Really, yeah, that's yeah. that's the reason. You kind of I pretty... do I do also like uh, two double barreled names in the defence. Yes, Godwin so Malief uh... and uh, Moore Taylor. Um, I also love as well the name Harvey Bunker. There's something about that that just. just Brilliant. It reminds me of we. I think we had a couple of games where we had Mep and Walter beside Archibald Henville, and it was yeah. the most uncumbrian <laughs> centre back pairing name wise <laughs> you could possibly ever have. It, it sounds like a couple of uh, Tory lords, doesn't it? Really, when you <laughs> name like, like a, a, you know an eighteenth century solicitor's office who was still <laughs> exactly. around. You know exactly, exactly that. Um, but yeah, like you said, I mean, even in the attack of players who aren't playing. I mean, Josh March. Went on loan to Harrogate and he causes problems in the game against them last season, didn't he? Yeah, he's a good yeah. player. And I always look at that. Vaughan Coville looks like he's missing a few vowels from his name, to be honest. It's a weird spelling <laughs> yeah. of his name, isn't it? But um but yeah, just just a not a massive squad, but quality. That's that's the yeah, key thing. Yeah. And and they're probably not players of massive wages either. That they they've they've signed really well and they've obviously had to sell a few players in recent years, but really well run club. Um in terms of news, I mean the, the two big ones, Ibu Adams, their midfielder, won't be playing this weekend because he's currently in Cameroon playing in the African Cup of Nations for the I Gambia. Love a lowly call-up for something like this, mate. Fantastic, really isn't do. it? Fantastic, isn't it? And yeah, apparently he's doing quite well for them, and, but they've, they've, they've coped well without him as well, which is worrying, <laughs> yeah. I think, isn't it? Really a worrying yeah. sight. And uh, the only other bit, really, is the fact that their new stadium plans are progressing well. I don't think they've started work yet, but I, I noticed that I think the EFL gave approval to the plans, didn't they, in the quite recently I think and if you haven't seen them go look them up because it's something different isn't it for a low lay ground it it's looks really different good. well it's wooden and it, but it looks kind of looks more like a sort of bowl almost doesn't it but it's only a 5,000 seater so it's not massive but it, it looks bigger actually when you look at the plans so it, it's perfect size for them though as a club they don't need anything bigger it's going to be no. instead of being in the village it's going to be right by the motorway junction so people from across Gloucester will be able to get to the 
ground a lot easier. So I'm not sure uh, Cheltenham and uh, Gloucester City will be pleased about that as much. But, you know, for them, it's a great sign of progress, isn't it? So yeah. good for them. Good for them. Let's talk about United then quickly, Dan. Um, injury-wise, we're pretty sure Kelvin Miller's going to miss out. I've been mean, surprised if the swelling comes down. The, the, way, the way he walked off and the fact he had a protective boot on lends itself to the fact that he's highly unlikely, but... Doesn't, they, know, doesn't mean it's a bad injury. It doesn't mean it's a bad injury, does it? It just maybe means you need the swelling to come down a bit, don't you? That takes a while mm. sometimes, stuff like that. But like you said, yeah, senior, good chance for him to come in and, and impress, maybe. Um, we, we, we're pretty sure Jensen is injured. <laughs> we don't know what's happening. Well, well let's move on for that one. Um, Gimme Tori has been training and doing a bit of light training on his own, hasn't he? I think in the in the Neil Sports Center, I saw a few videos he puts up. So he's probably getting a bit closer. Whether he'd be involved or not, I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's what one question of the weekend would be, I suppose, if 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 Mella's out, what have we got defensively to put on the bench? Would you have to much. bring Jack Ellison, maybe? I don't know, or would you just rely on Divine as a backup and, and Whelan, obviously, Whelan, and Whelan, 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 I suppose, yeah. So maybe you bring Josh Dixon onto the bench, possibly, or Lewis Bell. Don't know. It's going to be one of those two, you'd think. Mm. But, or the the fish if he's fit again, because the fish are actually missed out a couple of games. Yeah, knock. Yeah. And there's a few rumours swirling around that Tristan Abrams could be on his way out, possibly. So Yeah, we've seen a whisper today. We haven't we haven't uh, heard anything on it. Nothing you know, on the jungle uh, drums for us too so far on that one, yeah. is there? So uh, Twitter well, seems all quiet so, yeah, so yeah. far. Yep, so far. Um, guaranteed, guaranteed something will get announced in a couple hours after we finish recording. <laughs> yeah. So in, in terms of um lineups, I mean you're not going to change your back line, really, are you? Other than seeing you coming in for Mella, that that stays as it is. Yeah. Midfield pretty much stays as it is, although I maybe I'd, I'd like to see Mellish go back up front because I think he's looked lively then, he's caused problems. So do you bring Riley in? He did, I don't, it just doesn't look like he trusts Riley, which is mm. an interesting one, isn't it? Cause he, or will Whelan be back in a bit more defensive, given the... I, I think that's probably the more sensible choice of the two, I think, to be Whelan fair. Whelan beside Guy, uh, yeah. and then Mellish... Patrick up front. Mellish and Patrick, possibly. Well, pa- yeah. Patrick looked tired at the end of Tuesday, didn't possibly, he? Possibly, but then maybe you'd be going with Tyron later on in the game for a bit but of pace. Then again, you could say the same about Patrick after an hour or so, couldn't you? Could do, could do couldn't you? Well, let's, let's do some match predictions then, Dan. Uh, Mike sent me in his, but I'll have yours first, so let's have your prediction. I... The head says we'll get beat, but the heart says we'll get a point. I'm going to go for a one-all... Oh. With a goal from Omatoy. Oh, you're you showing a bit of confidence. In him. That's good. That's yeah. good to say. I'm not going to show confidence in him because I'm going for something else. <laughs> now, I'm I'm going for a, I'm going to go for a one nil win. I think I think it's going to be one of those away days because me and you are driving all the way down. This just happens every now and then. I'm going to go for a, a sneaky one nil win. Back to well, the wall. daft one, aren't we? We are. Yeah, John Mellish to get the goal. Yeah. I think he'll just run around like a nutter and he'll have the game of his life. <laughs> So there you go. I'm going for one nil. Let's hear what Mike's got to say. I'm actually feeling quite positive, and I think that we can nick a one-one draw with Malish on the score sheet for us. Well, so there's not a huge amount of variety between our choices. Mixed it about too, that wasn't it? Yeah, it's fair to say. Right before we do the um, X file section, uh, Mike sent us a question. Hopefully, it's a bit shorter than it was last week because <laughs> that was ridiculous. So let's hear what Mike's question is. Many Blues deem our 1-0 home defeat against Forest Green during the conference season to be a real low point in their time supporting the Blues. Which former Blue scored against us in that game? And also, and if you get this right, you need locking up, to be honest with you. Who was our unused sub-goalkeeper for that game? Oh, Christ. Goal scorer, I can tell you straight off, Damon Searle. He scored the winner for them, I remember that. I remember because I was at that game. So it's Damon Sells, the goal scorer. Goalkeeper, I think it was... Was it Will Boys or something like that? Or something like that, wasn't it? He was the young lad who was from, from um, Leeds United. I think he, 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 we had him on loan or he signed after he left them as a youth. Oh, Will Boys. Was it wasn't, wasn't, wasn't Boys, it was... Can we get this between us? Oh, I'm, I think Will's right. Yeah. Was it something like Cole or... Coils? Ooh, that's very faintly ringing a bell, that. We've got Will Coils. We, have, we haven't got much time today, so let's, let's try it. Let's do it quickly. So, Damon Searle scored the goal. We think Will Coils... Oh, is it Will? 
Yeah, we'll, we'll, that, that sounds right. Will Coyle, let's go with yeah, Will Coyle. Yeah, that right. sounds let's, right. Let's have Mike's answers. So the goal scorer was Damon Searle, hey. and the goalkeeper was William Coyles. Oh, <laughs> come on. We dug it out somewhere. Yeah. We definitely need to be locked up. That, oh, that was impressive. That was teamwork that there, Dan. I think it's fair to say. Uh, right, well, let's get on to the X-Files section. Actually. One second. I have now just pulled it up on uh, my iPad. Yeah. There was another ex-Carlisle player played for Forest Green that day. Oh, who? Oh, there who, was two. Who, who would the one be? Um, give, it, give us a clue and I'll see if I can try and get it. One was a, a Roddy signing who played two or three games mm-hmm. with a very short first name. Mm, no, can't, can't. Mo Harkin. Mo Harkin played that day. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and the legend, one game wonder at Macclesfield away himself. Paul Warhurst played. Paul Warhurst played, yeah. Oh, wow. Free X Carla plays in the lineup. That, that, yeah. that is quite impressive. Fair dues. Right, let's go on to the X Files section, Dan, because I know you've, you've got a dash soon. So uh, let's um, get that bit wrapped up. So, a few bits to cover this today, isn't there? Yeah, and I've just lost it off my screen. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> Not again. No, no, I've got, I've got it back up. Okay. Uh, there we go. Uh, yeah, goals and cards. Uh, Ashley Addison <laughs> yep. scored scored a goal and missed a penalty. Fancy yep. that. Uh, Tom Lawrence got a brace for Derby in a two 0 win over Sheffield United, and they've what... actually gone off the bottom of the league now, which puts <laughs> in the minus five thousand points. He's pretty good. Eh? Wayne Rooney's an incredible job there as manager, isn't he? Yeah. Really impressive. Oh. As predicted by several Carlisle yeah. fans, uh, Zanzala scored on his debut for Exeter. I think a lot there. of us saw that coming in. Uh, Richie Bennett scored a dramatic late equaliser in a Sutton's three-all draw with Steven. It just was some game. Well, I watched, bef- saw it, it on Quest. Before you go any further, I'd, I'd advise everybody to go out there and go and watch. I think it was was it Sutton's no Stevenage's third goal in this game, possibly. He's either the third or second. I can't remember. Go and watch it. One of the goals. It's the most ridiculous goal you'll ever see. <laughs> They get given a free kick, essentially, and the player tries to play it across field quickly, plays it straight to a, a Stevenage player or a Sutton player, I can't remember which way around it is, and he basically just fired it into the empty net because the goalkeeper had come way out. <laughs> and then he was just like, it was, it, it, stupid, it's stupid like goal. It is. Brilliant. Yeah. Uh, Kedwin Scott scored a couple uh, in both the games that Taylor Charters played in, we mentioned earlier. I have a feeling one of them was came from a Taylor Charters shot that was blocked. I think, Possibly, possibly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mo Sagaf scored for Dagenham in the 2-0 win over Southend in the FA Trophy. And Liam Noble also scored in the trophy again for Morpeth. A 4-3 win over Boston. I think that was possibly from the penalty spot. I know I didn't put it in the notes. Uh, up to Scotland, Gavin Riley scored two for Greenock Morton. Started to score a couple up there. Uh, he scored, was it last week and then in the cup the other week? Yep. Uh, Daryl Duffy still playing scored in another three-all draw for Stranra and then midweek not too much midweek uh, Cole Stockton scored in the opener in Morecambe's 2-1 defeat to Wigan and Paddy Madden scored for Stockport again which is one of our regulars a little bit of other news Peter Murphy was named the Scottish League 2 Manager of the Month for December, uh, Anna have been on a great run of form. They're fantastic, aren't they? Flown really right good. up the table, so that's well deserved. Bastian Herry's Irish Odyssey is continuing. Is <laughs> now moved to Finn Harps in his efforts to tick off every professional football club in North and Republic of Ireland. Finn Harps, are, I think they're quite right up in the north, aren't they? They're that little mm. section to the sort of northwest, yeah. aren't they, in the Republic? If I remember mm. rightly, I can't remember off the top of my head, but yeah. Uh, not really unsurprising this one. Keelan Leslie released by us in the end of December. He's uh, signed for Workington. Uh, yeah, did he have a little, little loan spell? There, he had a loan he? spell there. I think he did well. Yeah, I think they so. did a few bodies. And then yeah. they're, they're, they're top of the um, the old um, National League. Um, not National League, sorry. It's, which one are they? They've been the Northern Premier First Division, something like that, isn't it? I can't remember what it is. But they're, they're top because I think Marina had a bit of a drop-off in form. Yeah. And I think... And, Sorry, I was going to say, actually, I, I didn't put this in the ring on it. I think David Simonton scored an absolute belter fall on the other night against City of Liverpool. Go and check that out if you can. It's yeah. on, on Twitter. And I can't take credit for this one, uh, mm. thanks to Kyle on Twitter for sending us it. Mm. Alex McQueen has 
left going between the likes of Dagenham and Barnet and such <laughs> teams. He now plays for the greatly titled Indy 11 in America, who are a second division team. Who, uh, who was it? I said plays for them. There. Who was it was playing for them? There was, I don't remember. I've forgotten who I said, but they, they had someone I was like, oh, that's, you know, that's where he ended up. But uh, yeah, there, there seemed to be a, a second division American team who were trying to push on, and he's uh, he's signed there, ready for the new season, which starts shortly. I'm just looking up their uh, their roster here, as it's called. Uh, let me see if I can get it up before we go any further. Here's their roster. Um, Nicky Law's there. Nicky Law's, that was it. Nicky Law, yeah, he, he's, yeah. Been, he's been around a bit. Um, looking through the rest of the squad, I can't really see too many others there. That you you wonder with someone like Law if he's doing some sort of coaching while he's there, you know. Mm. Possibly, I mean, he, oh yeah, no, because he he left them. He left Exeter, didn't he? After we played them last season, was it? I think. Yeah, when we beat them, I think he, he basically left to, to go to them. So there you go. Um, yeah, well, that's it then, Dan. Thanks once again for joining me. Really appreciate it. Um, Sorry well, if you can hear me opening the door there, folks. I'm just letting a cat in. <laughs> hey, I, I'm leaving the commentary in this time. I do apologize, yeah. but I left it. I cut it out last week. That's a bad move by me. Um, yeah, so this weekend, me and you obviously are going down to Forest Green Rovers. A nice little road trip. So we'll we'll record some bits on our little journey, won't we? We'll do a little review episode to go out early next week for some crowd noise because I know a lot of people enjoy that episode. Not everyone enjoys it, but it's something a little bit different, isn't it? Yeah. It gives you a feel for the game. And we'll do a little review of our little trip down there. And um, and yeah, and then obviously we'll be back next weekend to preview the game against Sutton. Um and I think, well, Sutton and Salford, actually. I forget that. Yeah, it'll be Salford a double-header one. It's Sutton and Salford. So we'll do them in one go uh, in the preview episode next week. And uh, yeah. yeah, that's it, Dan. Thanks once again for joining me. And like, just to remind everyone, go, go and search out the Unita 40 stuff and join the trust. Just join the trust and let's have our, let's have our say. Let's, let's get involved. Let's make this club united again, basically. Yeah. That's the way it is. Thanks, Dan, for joining me. Thanks, everyone, no, for listening. Bother. And up the blues. Up the blues. Up the blues.